welcome to the Situation Report for June 13th, 2023. It's Lieutenant Colonel Murray. Apologize for not doing uh, sit rep last Friday and only doing one sit rep plus the interview last week. It's a busy week. Still trying to uh, arrange some interviews and get uh, some stories to come forward. Actually, let me rephrase that. Trying to get some confirmation on some things that I've heard over the weekend, some things I've gotten calls about, and a number of other uh, potential interviews that are in the works. So everybody's wrapped up in the Trump drama, the Trump drama. They're wrapped up in the, the myriad of stories about the whole gay pride month or whatever they're calling it now, potential pedophiles, child groomer month, whatever you want to call it. And it seems that it, most people think the momentum is building for the other side. It's not. The people that are on the right are ardent and, and, you know, steadfast in their conservative beliefs. The folks on the left are in their camp. Conservatives far outnumber the left. In every category, even moderate liberals are starting to come across the fence because they see something wrong and they don't know what it is. And most people can't accept the fact that the situation's changing in front of them. They don't know where to go look for information. They don't know what to, who to ask for information. But part of it is they just, some people just don't want to know. I, I talked to a couple of them this weekend, blissfully unaware, and they don't want to know. Literally, they don't want to know. But then today, Today I had a conversation where it was with somebody who isn't aware but wants to be aware, and it was just happenstance. I was literally at lunch, and the person next to me was reading something uh, probably on Instagram or one of the other social media sites and said something out loud, which sparked a person on either side of them saying something, and... All three of them said the same thing. There's no place to get information that's reliable, meaning there's no source of truth. And that's been a consistent problem by design for the past 50 years. It's just now it's in people's faces and they're starting to realize that what they're hearing in the news and what they're seeing in real life does not match. In fact, a buddy of mine I talked to over the weekend and he's, He's probably worth, I don't know, 60, 70 million bucks. Really, you know, smart dude. And he was complaining. He actually called me about something else. He called me about firearm stuff. I wanted to ask me a question. I think it was about the pistol braces. But you know how it is when you talk to somebody you haven't talked to it for a while. You talk about everything. And uh, the reason they called you went out the window. But the interesting side of that conversation was that he was complaining that he lost a third of the value of his some of his investments. And it's either a third or uh, like a quarter or a third. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was basically a third of what his investments were. And, you know, I didn't play the card of, well, you're, you know, you're a gazillionaire, so it doesn't matter. I asked him, why do you think that is? And his answer was really simple. 
because our country's being mismanaged on purpose. And I said, yeah, does that change your beliefs? He goes, no, you know, he's still a flaming liberal. And the interesting side of that conversation is he's leaning more towards the center because he sees guys like Elon Musk and he didn't trust Musk either. And I, I think he actually knows Musk. So this is a guy who designed a piece of software that goes in pretty much every operating system that's out today. And it talks to the hardware on the board. And he wrote it 25 years ago. And he's making, he's made enhancements to it. You know, every time there's enhancements to either hardware or, or operating systems, he makes enhancements to it. And he's been on the payroll for several companies for years. I mean, like, Hasn't worked, but is paid like he's working from like seven different companies because they don't want to give up. They don't want to give up the secret to the code that he has. So it's easier just to pay him and give him dividends and everything else. And, you know, he's he got a big payout when his code was sold to a specific company. He didn't have to work anymore. And, you know, I was uh, I met him after I got off active duty and. Smart guy, been friends ever since, and he knows something's wrong. He can sense something's wrong, but he can't make the mental leap that that something wrong has to do with the people in his belief system and the people in his circle. He just, he can't, he can't fathom it. And the, the conversation steered towards the presidential run in 24. I said, we're not going to make it there. He goes, what? We're not going to make it there. This is going to go kinetic before the end of the year. There's a vitriol anger in this country that's been brewing for the last two years since the election was basically stolen from Trump. And whether you like Trump or don't like Trump, the point is we no longer have free and fair elections. They blatantly and openly stole the last two elections. And people are so angry because they were they were trying to rely on the elected officials to fix everything. So now it, it's resorting to gunfire. And it hasn't started yet, but it will. Within the next couple of months, it will. I said, I thought it was going to be this month. If you would have asked me in January when you think when I thought things were going to pop off, I'd say June, July. And I still think we'll see stuff happen next month, but I don't think the real fight's going to start till August. September. If something keeps delaying their plans to consolidate power, I don't know what it is, but something keeps delaying their plan, their plans. And he didn't say a word. He was listening to every word I was saying. And finally, at the end of it, he said, what does that mean for guys like me? I go, you're going to pick a side. You're going to have to decide what kind of country you want to live in. And you're going to have to decide how much it's worth to you. Because there's a whole host of Americans, probably in the range of 100 million, that have already made up their minds that our way of life is worth dying for. Not for us, for our kids. And you can live in this world where they push this gay pride stuff, which is nothing more than a takeover of the religious symbols in this country and trading our flag for a gay pride flag. That's the end state they want to reach. They want to usurp every single one 
of our core belief systems and core values in this country for the last 200 years or replace it with an abomination for the very simple fact that the next five generations won't believe in anything we believed in or were taught. That's where this is going. And I said, whatever happens out of that, you're going to have to make a decision and you're going to have to decide which side you're going to be on. Because I can tell you, when the fight starts, there's not going to be any fucking prisoners. There's not going to be any, we're going to, we're going to let this person go. We're going to let the, give this person a pass. This person was coerced. No, no fucking prisoners, no reforming these people, no making deals with them, no negotiating. We fight till they're gone. All of them. These people have been doing this for over 100 years, not just to this generation, but every generation before us, they've molested children. They've abused children and they've murdered children and they've harvested body parts from children. This ends here. This ends now. We don't wait another 20 or 30 years and sit on our thumbs. We take them out and we get rid of them now, today. That's what most Americans think now. And the more they go after kids, the more they sexualize kids, the more it enrages parents. And there's going to be a snap point where people just say, fuck it. Life's not worth living if I have to live with this shit. And most of us got there two years ago. When we watch guys like fucking Bill Barr and Chris Ray and Andy McCabe and James Comey all walk free after committing fucking treason. And I'll tell you, the motherfucker that's going to swing is the guy that you went to his, his one of his donation parties, Barack Obama. Before this is over, that motherfucker is going to be swinging from a fucking tree. And it's going to be a national TV because that piece of shit committed treason of the highest fucking order along with the Clintons. And you, know, you donated to both of them. So you're going to have to pick a fucking side. And I guarantee you, if you're on the other side, this friendship is not going to last very long. And I got to give him credit. He heard all of it. And he even said to me, I know you're right. I don't want to hear it. And then he said, you know, there's probably a lot of people listening to you. I go, why do you say that? He goes, because if you talk like that, in all of your situation reports, because I've listened to a few of them where you just went off on people, because I guarantee you there's people listening to you. I guarantee it. Probably people you wouldn't even think of are listening to you. He goes, I know you're right. And I know that I have to admit that everything I believe for a very, very long time is all lies. I go, you're goddamn right it is. These people are satanic. They're evil, and they don't care about the average citizen. And I said, I've known you long enough to know that that's not how you roll. I said, I looked at how much money you gave to wounded warriors when I came back in 04 or in 05, and I know exactly where your head's at. I'm just reminding you who the fuck you are, and I'm reminding you of what you're about. This isn't about 
causes anymore. This is about our way of life. If you want to enjoy the way of life you have now and your kids to enjoy it and to have something to hand down to your kids, you better be on the right side because the right side is has nothing to do with this government. This government is completely owned by a bunch of very rich bankers that live in Europe and abuse children on a regular basis. They have no regard for life. If that's the side you want to join, then go for it. But I guarantee you, you won't survive this. Because this is going to be a purge of the elite that history will record as the purge. Unlike the French Revolution, that was basically manipulated and sparked by a bunch of rich bankers, this is going to be organic. This is going to be people that have realized they've been duped by these vaccines, and they have nothing to live for and nothing to lose. You're going to see a tidal wave of people getting smoked. And I said, that's not going to be my part of the fight. My part of the fight is going to be the cleanup on the other side, hunting these motherfuckers down that are in holes. We're going to hunt them down. We're either going to bury them in the fucking hole they're in, or we're going to drag them out of that hole. We're going to try them, and then we're going to hang them. But the world's going to know what they did, every single one of them. The point I'm trying to make with this conversation is this conversation opened my eyes to a couple of things. One of which is there's a lot of people that are on the left that are moving right because they don't like what they're seeing. And they're not, they're not voicing it. They're not talking about it, but they're moving in the right direction. And they're doing it because they know that the pendulum is swinging the other way. And there was a story in Business Insider this weekend. It was published on the 11th. <clears throat> it was sent to me by one of my admins. Uncle Sam wants migrants. Facing shortages, military recruiters trade citizenship for service. That was always the plan, ladies and gentlemen. And that thing got zero airtime. Not even, it was posted nowhere. It was sent to me by one of my admins. And I can tell you that that's a significant story because Master Sergeant Donner wrote about this almost two years ago. We talked about this in January of 2021. And literally, we both came to the same, same conclusion. The vaccine mandates are designed to push out anybody that's loyal to the Constitution to kill off anybody that stays in that just wants to play ball so that they can they can staff the ranks and restaff the military with people who aren't from this country who are not loyal to the Constitution. That was always the plan. And they were talking about this in January of 2020. The Army Times published an article by a general officer. And, of course, this is a fucking Air Force general officer which doesn't surprise me because they're all every air force general officer I've ever met. And, and this is without exception. Every single one of them was a slimy politician, every single one of them. And those are just the ones I met. There's probably some good air force generals out there, but from the eighties, late eighties on nah, corporate, some of the hardest generals I met, like Tony Zinni, he's a four-star, Marine four-star, he's a CENTCOM commander, short guy. He's like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. 
Guy was just a fucking spark plug. He was a general I could follow. Carter Ham was a was a general I could follow. And so was Mundy. And there was a few others that were hardcore. And I realized why I like Tony Zenny. Because he's a fucking killer. He's all about the profession. He's not, he was never about the, the politics. He played politics, but he he was a he was a historian. He was a he was a tactician, but most importantly, he was a soldier. And he was it was great to be around him. Because the things he talked about, deep thinker, really deep thinker. And his his line of sight was so different than anybody else that I've ever worked with as a general officer. There was a few others. And you know, Admiral Willard, Admiral Mullins, um, Admiral Admiral Fallon before he left PACOM. He got in trouble when he left PACOM. He was, I think he was going after Trump. He actually understood geopolitics better than most of the general officers that I'd worked with. The point is, the current cadre of general officers is completely bought off and sold on this entire notion of equity diversity. The whole, the whole cadre of them. You literally have to go through DOD down to the fucking janitor to get somebody who's loyal to the Constitution at a leadership level. That's a bad thing. And all this shit started way before this current regime was in place. It started in 2008 under Obama. The plan's always been to gut the U.S. military, send all our equipment overseas, and then staff it with a bunch of thugs. There's no shortage of jackbooted thugs whenever tyranny's around. And we're about to see that. The thing that they underestimated is that Americans are organizing right now. You may not see it. You may not know of groups organizing, but they're organizing. I can tell you that right now. Because anybody with half a brain that's a conservative is looking at this going, oh, no, not going to live under tyranny. That dog is not going to hunt. And they're organizing quietly. <clears throat> Again, what it is, how it is, why it is, whatever that catalyst is, is coming. And it's coming quicker and faster than I think the regime wants to admit. And when it hits, I guarantee you, folks, you're going to see resolve you've never seen before in the American people. A lot of people have figured out, and I mean that, a lot of people have figured out that this is the hill we die on. This is it. We either fight for our country or this country perishes. And the price of freedom's always been high. And there's a lot of people that are waking up and they're accepting the fact, yeah, price of freedom's high and I'll pay that price if I have to. But my kids are not going to live under this. My grandkids are not going to live under this. And you can sit there at home and you can be exhausted and you can be frustrated and you can be tired. Here's my answer to you. Rub some ointment all over your sore pussy and get in the fight. Because it's it's not going away. 
you're running a marathon. There's days you're going to be tired. There's days you're going to be at 80%. There's days you're going to be at 30%. But the fight's going to be in front of you. The point is you can't give up. You can't look at it and say, I'll just stop. You fight until the fight is done. That's how this has to be. Whether you like it or not, that's how it has to be. And I could sit here and talk all day about all of this story or that story or how Trump was at the at the courthouse and which people are good or which people are bad. That'll sort itself out. I guarantee you that's going to sort itself out quickly. All these guys like Ray Epps and all these other fucking traitors that have sold their people out because they got themselves in trouble or compromised so the FBI could leverage them, they're all going to get smoked. And you're going to ferret those people out quickly, and you're not going to have any tolerance for it. I guarantee it. And I say that because I watched the Iraqis do it. Anybody that sold them out, especially to a sheikh, anybody that sold the sheikh out, if he survived it, smoked every one of them. And there are tons and tons of videos out there that show you the brutality of the cartels and how the cartels operate. And they openly video themselves dismembering people. They're alive when they start. Take that in. Because you watch one of your friends dismembered by the cartels, I guarantee you, all that civility is going to wash off of you in a moment's notice. You're going you're gonna to know exactly what to do. The key in all of this is maintaining empathy. And I know that sounds like an oxymoron right now, but hear me out. Because the one thing we have that the enemy does not have is the ability to reason and empathy. The one thing that we had as American soldiers in Iraq and in Afghanistan was empathy for the common person. Empathy for our fellow man. Now, there's brutality in war, there's humanity in war, and there's just plain miraculous events that happen in war. All of it starts with your viewpoint. You watch a cartel member kill one of your friends, you're going to, I guarantee you, you're going to put a bullet in his head. Or hers, depending on depending on whether it's a male or female. But the person that they were victimizing, you're going to have all kinds of empathy for. That's the one thing that we possess that our enemy doesn't. Compassion, empathy, and reason. You can't lose sight of that. Because once this starts, once we go down this road, we have to see it all the way through. And it's going to be it's going to be brutal at times. But everybody has to see it. Everybody has to experience it. And everybody has to play a part. Because we're shifting humanity away from this, this motive where there's higher class and lower class people. We're moving to a space where people are people and we're one race. We're one species. None of this, you're black, you're white, you're Chinese, 
you're Japanese. That's all horseshit. We're all human, every single one of us. And if we were thinking like that, and if we were raised that way, we wouldn't have any of the social problems we have now. And that's not political. That's viewing other people as human. Viewing other people and meeting other people where they are, with who they are, and what they are, and realizing that you can't pick your parents. You don't pick what you're born into. You don't even pick how you're raised. You either break away from it or you continue to perpetuate it. That's that's really the only two things that there are. And we have to get past this, this social ideology where we view people that come from poverty as less than. Some of the smartest people I know have come from the most dire circumstances. And they are fucking brilliant people. I learned a long time ago. One of my very best friends. He's <coughs> I've known this guy 30 years. In fact, he was just at my house a couple weekends ago. He's one of the most talented, and he's one of the most dedicated friends I've ever had in my life. And he's incredibly talented. Incredibly. But he said to me after school, and I, and I thought he was going to be a fighter pilot, because he's, his reflexes of a fucking cat. Amazing reflexes. Great, great hand-eye coordination. Amazing depth perception. Fighter pilot. And we got out of high school, and he's like, bro, I don't want to go to college. I can't stand academics. I just can't do it. I'm going to go do something where I don't have to, I don't have to deal with academics or academic people. I'm like, okay, man, I think you should take a few years off and then go to school, but you should be a fighter pilot, bro. You have the best reflexes I've ever seen. And he didn't, he didn't end up doing that, but he's one of the most amazing guys ever. And he, his grandma raised him. And he was, his mom's a train wreck. His dad was a train wreck and he's a train wreck, but he broke away from his parents' dysfunction and made a life for himself. And he did it where he was massively successful. And he's had his ups and downs. We all have, but he doesn't, there's no give up in his world. There's no, I'm going to stop doing this. It's in his DNA to, to push to the next level. And I got to tell you, it's inspiring to watch this guy. He's always inspired me because he's he's incredibly smart. He takes a shot to the chin and he just gets back up. Always has. And, you know, I've got a few friends like that, but I've known him the longest and that's who we are. That's literally who we are. It's what we are. And why we're going through this we have to remind ourselves why we're doing this. The moral reason we're doing this, the moral reason we're in this place is because we didn't mind the store. The generations before us didn't mind the store. And now we have to pay the piper. But we have to do this for our children. We have to do this for our society. We have to build a society that is truly built on equality. And our forefathers tried to write that into our, not just into our education system, but they tried to make it an ethos in our society. 
And it, it's hard to do when you have slaves and you're saying all men are created equal. And they talk about it in the Federalist Papers where they talk about slavery and say the situation at hand essentially cannot be dealt with now. They knew they had to deal with slavery, but they couldn't deal with it and fight the British at the same time. And just like in the Civil War, Lincoln didn't sign the Emancipation Proclamation, you know, and we didn't fight that war over slavery. That that war was fought over trade. It was fought over, it was fought over um, economics. It was fought over a lot of different things, mainly trade. And we fought that war, and brought brought blacks into the war because the North was running out of white men to fight. And that whole story has been just like the Russian interaction in the Civil War, completely overlooked, completely written out of the history books. Our job as we go through this is to make sure there's real equity where everybody's looked at as a human being and treated as a human being. And then we celebrate the differences between our cultures instead of this this pompous, arrogant view of the world. We look at every culture and we celebrate the differences. We kill class systems. We kill the class ideology. We kill the racial ideology. And we look at everybody as a human being. And then we teach that to our kids. And we stop this racial nonsense because it's just a construct. It's a construct from people that want us fighting so they can continue to abuse children. That's all it's about. Rich people trying to keep you distracted so they can steal the rest of the wealth for themselves because there's not enough power, not enough money, and not enough of whatever they're addicted to. Classic addicts, all of them. And they're all psychopaths anyway. We have to undo everything that's been done, and we have to undo it quickly. That's what you're signing up for, whether you like it or not. And I I was going to do a whole show today about the military situation and the differences I have with the analysis that's going on on the ground in, in uh, Ukraine. I was going to talk about what's going on in Japan, because there's lots going on in Japan. What's going on in Africa with de-dollarization and how monumentally huge it is that Africa's breaking away from the entire SWIFT system. And I knew it was, I said it was just a matter of time when people figured out that the bankers were taking money in the front end and money in the back end of every transaction across the planet just to use SWIFT. And make, make no mistake, SWIFT is still a better system than any of the systems they're going to put in place. Whatever they put in place to, de- to replace the dollar, it's going to fail a few times before they come up with a system. Because everybody's on the take. We're talking about generations of people that have been indoctrinated that everybody's got to get a cut. That Outside the U.S., that's across the planet. And that system of barter has been around forever. But we don't see it in the U.S. because that's not how we've been brought. We, we've been raised. Our whole country for generations has been raised. You walk in a store, you pay the price. You don't go in and barter and haggle. You don't go in when you're going to sell somebody something for somebody else and take a cut. That's not how we roll. All of our sales systems 
operate that way. Every single one of them. But we call it something different, and we, we have different presentation to the public about how it works, but it's the same shit. We have to change all of that. And I wanted to talk about a lot of it and bring it to, bring it to why we're having the conversation today because the the messaging around all this Trump stuff and the reason why Trump's in being indicted is because the Bidens are in deep shit. They're losing support across all of the elite. Their crimes are coming to the surface. And remember, you're a useful idiot and an asset until you're a liability. And they're a liability now. So the elite want to get rid of him, but they're in a quandary because they can't get rid of him because he can't replace Biden with Camilla because they all hate her more than they hate Biden, more than they hate, more than they hate Hillary. And they can't put Pelosi in there because everybody hates her more than they hate Biden. And they want to put Gavin Newsom in there somehow and they want to run Michelle Obama, but they can't do that till 24. So they got to deal with this pants shitting pedophile and his pedophile drug addicted son and his his fucking stupid ass doctor wife that keeps stealing the ugliest drapes out of people's homes and making dresses out of them for another two years or another year good luck with that no matter how you cut it folks they're in a quandary and this whole trump thing reeks of desperation they've this is a by the way this lawfare is a Clinton tactic. This is exactly how the fucking Clintons operate. And let's rewind a, a bit. Back in April, Susan Rice left the White House. She's Obama's girl. She was there to manage Obama's third term. And for her to leave the White House is a massive tectonic shift in the power structure in the White House. So the real question is, who's running the show behind the scenes? And my guess is, it's probably the fucking Clintons. Every stinky, steamy pile of fraud-laden, child-molesting, child-trafficking, money-laundering, drug-trafficking, murdering fucking pile of dog shit goes back to them. And their stench is all over it. I guarantee you, those two bags of shit are all over this. And they're the ones driving this lawfare. The one thing you got to realize about politicians is that they're all petty fucks. Every one of them. They're all petty. They're all grudge carrying. And they're all vindictive. All of them. I don't care how they present themselves. They're all fucking petty, vindictive assholes. Without exception. Yeah, I take that back. I, the jury's still out on Kerry Lake. But Trump's admitted that he carries a grudge and that he's vindictive. He's admitted it. And he's a fucking actor. So that should tell you everything you need to know. The point is, this is, this is a planned event to divert all the attention away from the Bidens and try and bury that story. But it's not going to work. The momentum, the vitriol is building. Here's what you need to watch for this week. McCarthy put a stay in place so they wouldn't block any legislation because they want to put the pistol brace ban to a vote. They want to vote it into law. 
and you mark my words. All these Republicans, especially MG, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you watch. They're all going to vote for this shit. They're going to fuck the American people openly. That's what you need to pay attention to this week. That's that's the linchpin to tell you who is honoring the Second Amendment and who is a globalist. Mark my words, they're going to vote it into law. It'll be struck down by the Supreme Court, but that's a year away. Remember, the enemy's two years ahead of us. So what they're doing right now is going to affect us two years down the road. Assuming nothing else happens. There's a lot of things in play here that are way more important than what happens to Trump and how many farts he you know, he, he took down the hallway. I don't care if he crop dusted all the way down to the courtroom. I don't care. Doesn't matter. The thing that matters is the narratives they're spinning now, they're spinning all Trump, all Trump, all Trump, because they're trying to energize their base. And it's not going to work because as conditions in the country, because remember, I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. The supply chain is starting to come unravel. It's only a matter of time before that's completely unraveled. And they're going to say, everything's fine. It's just a minor disruption. No, it's not. And you should prepare for that right now. Have some food, have water on hand, whatever you can afford, have it on hand. Now, don't fuck around. Look, the next couple of weeks and, and every day that goes by, things are going to get crazier and crazier. We have the momentum. People are starting to organize. You're going to know who the bad guys are. When things, when things go south, you're going to know when the bullets are going to start flying. You're going to know what to do. Every day I get somebody saying, sir, just give me the word. I don't need to. You're going to know exactly when things turn to shit. Which brings me to the final thing I wanted to talk about today, which is the alien story. What a crock of horse shit. Don't you find it funny that Biden's in deep shit and the first thing that shows up is a whistleblower? Of course, he's in t he was deep intelligence. He worked in special access programs, and somebody told him that there was captured, captured alien bodies and UFOs. Actually, what he said was there's captured alien vehicles and pilots. Okay, got any proof? No. You got any paperwork? No. Okay. And then somebody sent me a, a video today of a guy talking about his time in Antarctica and how we have these these weapons that basically can scan the, the universe to find alien ships and alien technology. And we have alternative power sources in Antarctica and this capability to manipulate weather, blah, 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 blah. And then, and I watched the video twice, by the way, um, and the person sent it to me, did you watch the end? I go, no, I was listening to it in the truck. You got to watch the end of it. And guess who stands up at the end? Stephen Greer. The biggest fucking shill for the Rockefellers on the planet, Stephen Greer. Stands up, shakes guy's hand. I'm like, okay, there it is. They can't help themselves. They have to advertise it's a psyop. And that's all it is. It's just noise. And I'm, you know, I'm being told that, you know, Project Bluebeam, you know, until I see it, until I see a real alien and I shit my pants and scream like a girl running away kind of like War of the Worlds, I'm not going to believe it's real. I Do I think we have alien crashed alien craft? Absolutely we do. Do I think we have alien technology? Absolutely we do. Do I think we, we could have reversed engineered and figured some of this out on our own? Yeah, 
we can. And we did. We figured out a lot of technology on our own. We didn't need aliens for that. But the stuff we got from them was the ability to miniaturize and the ability to build other things. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. We went from the P-51 Mustang to the F-15 in 20 years. And then we went to hypersonic aircraft. We went to the X-15, which was above Mach, I don't know, 5 or 6, whatever the SR-71 flew at. And if you look at the SR-71, that's basically a UFO. That's what it looks like. And if, if you think that that model hasn't been used over and over again, go watch Stargate uh, Arc of Truth and compare the ship in Stargate Arc of Truth and the SR-71, and you'll see a lot of similarities in the shape of that, air, uh, the, the shape of that ship. I guarantee you that we have technology that can take us off planet. And we've ha probably had it for 30 years. Gary McKinnon hacked into either NASA or a DOD database and saw terrestrial, non-terrestrial officers, terrestrial, non-terrestrial ships. And that's, that's a fact. So we've had this for years. And they're not doing disclosure right now. This is They're doing distraction via disclosure. That's all they're doing. They're not going to release any new technology. They're not going to drop any crashed alien ship on the White House lawn. This is all to get them out of deep shit. That's that's how the game's played. So don't pay any attention to that horse shit because it's just bullshit. So I don't pay attention to it. It's like the Trump stuff. It's all bullshit. I don't, I don't give two shits about it. And I'm not going to give two shits tomorrow once this, once it's all done. So today I'm going to do something a little bit different for music because I've been playing 80s, been playing hair bands. I've been playing a lot of the, you know, uh, big band stuff from the 30s. I played some stuff from Dick Dale, played some Beach Boys. Today I'm going to play one of my favorite, it's not one of my favorite songs, but the guys singing it are two of my favorite, two of my favorite actors. This is from the movie Blues Brothers, but this is the live version of Soul Man. John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd did this. And if you haven't watched the movie in a while, I suggest you do, because I'm telling you, Blues Brothers is one of the all-time classic comedies, and it's it's absolutely hysterical. My favorite part of the whole movie is he gets out of jail, and Dan Aykroyd picks him up at a cop car, and they don't even leave the parking lot, and he's like, we got to go see the Penguin. We got to go see the nun. And literally, John Belushi, no fucking way. <laughs> With sunglasses on. That pretty much sums up exactly how I feel about the entire regime and all this shit going on. No fucking way. So with that, I'm going to play Soul Man. I'm going to play the live version, too. I'm not playing the... Uh, the other version i was actually thinking about playing rawhide because they do rawhide over and over in the movies priceless but no i'm gonna do soul man because that's that's the signature of that whole whole movie so here is soul man by the blues brothers dan Aykroyd and john belushi god bless one team one fight no surrender no fear
the road. 